Hey there, I'm Peter Flax. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Red Bulletin magazine and a journalist with 20-plus years covering sports and adventure. I've always believed that there are stories that come out of sports that say something important about the culture we live in and reflect the important issues of our time. Welcome to Family Crest, a podcast that explores how so many elite athletes got to the top with a family member behind them, inspiring and challenging them from an early age. In quite a few sports, it's tough to reach the top if you didn't have someone pushing and teaching you when you were young. Surfing is definitely one of those sports. In my job here at Red Bull, I've gotten to meet tons of pro surfers, and I've seen how many had a parent who paddled out with them at an age where most of their friends were home watching cartoons. Well, when you're, when you're successful and you're that young, you know, you're 15 or 16, you're kind of, you feel like you can tell anyone to fuck off, really, you know? <laughs> and who better than your dad, right? <laughs> this season, we're looking at surfers and their support network. Surfers like Kolohe Andino, who competed in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics and is the son of former pro surfer Dino Andino. You know, really, I just want to be in the water all the time. It's like, if I'm not in the water, I'm not very stoked. Family bonds are complicated, something that transcends sports. So let's dive in. Check out Family Crest wherever you get your podcasts. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. They did it again. Do you remember? It takes a tour to make a champion. And how bad they put their foot in their mouth with that one. They did it again. Their new one is all action, no laws. 
I saw that slogan for the first time right before there was a heat restart at the Portugal CS event in the middle of a giant lull. They fucking did it again. They did it again. Chaz Smith it is October third, Friday, October 13th. Friday the 13th, David Lee Scale. And yes, they did do it again. What's the slogan? I need to write this down. Um, all action, all... no lulls. I mean, there's certain words we can't use anymore, David Lee Scales. Words that are unfair to part of our population. And so we don't use those words. But the World Surf League is incompetent, mentally incompetent, David Lee Scales. It, it really just seems like they're reading comment sections and looking at the criticism and then crafting a response and using it as a slogan. I mean, legit, all action, no lulls has nothing to do with, I mean, let's be frank. It is, if we're going to have an honest slogan, it would be 95% lulls, 5% action yeah. would be, I think, would be probably accurate. If you wanted to fudge, maybe you could even say 90% lulls, 10% action. Yeah. Okay, that's honest. Uh, but everybody who watches surfing knows that no, in fact, part of the professional surf watching game is waiting, right? Like, and I think the professional surf fan, or as few or many as there are, enjoys that aspect. I mean, you don't enjoy huge long lulls and heat restarts and that, but you understand that this game is played in the rhythm of the ocean and the ocean is not always firing. And in fact, the ocean is, you know, rarely just like pumping, pumping, pumping. But we accept, we know that. Yeah. That's not like a, but so why make a slogan, I guess to our dear caller's point, why make a slogan that draws attention, draws specific attention to the thing that is going to be hard to grasp for the non-core surf fan as, wait, well, they're just sitting around in the water all day. No clue. It's bizarre. I, I mean, mean it's, it is what we've kind of talked about in the past, which is they totally don't understand the the thing itself. They don't understand surfing so hard that everything is just such a farm miss. Like I said, they read the comment section and then they go, oh, people are mad about that. Let's make a point to, but without taking no, action, not we're going to create, we're going <laughs> to make them think it's the opposite. What we're doing is the opposite of what they're complaining about, but we're not going to actually take any steps to create more action or to prevent the lulls. I mean, it is insane. Like, did one of them go to, at some point, somebody went to, a, attended a marketing seminar they didn't even go to a marketing class. They attended a marketing seminar to sell a marketing class, a for-profit one. And they heard there, what you do, man, is you turn your weaknesses into your strengths. <laughs> so the one person in the WSL office who went to a marketing seminar said, weaknesses into strengths. I got this. All action, no lulls. They're waiting for their raise right now. They literally yeah. they went to Jesse Miley Dyer's leadership conference that she was at and then they went into the room next door once jesse finished speaking they went into the room next door and there was a dude with a soul patch who is has a tiktok following who is giving a speech on marketing and how he grew his Weaknesses tiktok industry. and that's exactly where this came from we nailed it <laughs> coming off of our I mean, convention talk last week we nailed it and now and now that i look at the wsl more holy the WSL is truly like the person who watched a couple of the, who attended a couple of those conferences 
uh, or seminars or whatever, and then decided to go out and get a job. And so it's all like, you know, what is, what is something that is not so good with you? Well, I'm too on time. I am so punctual that people get annoyed. Well, what's another weakness you have? Mm, I work too hard. Like all of, all of that is the WSL. Like, look at our numbers. Billions of people are watching. Like they're straight up. It is the WSL is the answer to the Starbucks manager asking what your weaknesses are. I know that you probably won't ever sit in a job interview for the rest of your life, but <laughs> if you were and they asked you what, you know, what are your strengths? You answer those. Then what are your weaknesses? What would you say? How do you answer that question? Um, what are my weaknesses? I, I truly don't care about this job. I don't care about you. I don't care. I won't care about my fellow employees other than to make kind of giggly small talk that undermines the flow and production of a day. Um, I will at some point sooner than later smuggle alcohol into the office and get everybody to start drinking early and further undermine production and things like that. So there you have it, manager. Well you officially don't want this job. This is like this is like that scene in Step Brothers where they don't actually want to have to work. Well, they're in their tuxedos. Pan, pan, yeah. Calling her pan. And in the tuxedos, and my favorite part is when one of them, one of them sitting there being interviewed and then the other one leans out from behind the other one. <laughs> he goes, hello there. Classic. Great movie. Classic. Great movie. Need to rewatch that movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I don't think you would be getting your job either, but it is a funny, I mean, it's a good question to ask, of course, but nobody in the history of wanting to get the job ever answers completely accurately. The jujitsu no. that you're doing in your brain is like, um, strength the weakness. Yeah, how do I make this weakness sound like an actual weakness, but is actually a strength for this company and what they're doing, which is probably yeah. really what they're trying to do is to get you to complex, creatively solve a super complex problem. Well, and I guess too, if you can totally snow the person who's interviewing you, then like, I think lying and snowing and all that is like good for work. Right? Hey, the best people in their fields, that's how they got there. That's what they do. Exactly. So yeah, if you could like sell me a total bullcrap line uh, that I hear and say, oh, pretty good. Yeah. Knowing full well is bullcrap. The problem with this WSL slogan beyond what we just discussed, even though that's exactly what they are doing is what we just said is how you get on top, um, is that it's not a good slogan. No, I mean, because who understands lull outside of the core surfing? Right. If they're trying to appeal to anyone, you don't, nobody, like people don't talk in terms of lulls unless you're a surfer, I think, or lulls just, it's maybe, also an ugly word, you know, like lull, no, lull just sounds, it doesn't have a great sound to it. It sounds like LOL too. Yeah. Like when people do the LOL and then go into the lulls yeah. with the Z for like their slangy version of LOL lulls, yeah. which is, I mean, it's exactly what the world surf league is, is one giant lulls. Did you see speaking of Jesse Miley Dyer's pants at the last, uh, where I think it was at the longboard event. Did you watch any of the longboard event? No, I saw two waves on Instagram that were like winning rides, but that's it. When waves look too small for longboarding, 
then you know there's a massive problem going on. I looked at, I didn't tune in, of course, but I looked uh, at maybe one of those two clips that you saw and thought that wave looks too small for longboarding. Which is a major problem. They didn't, they specifically didn't run. They were supposed to run on Saturday. It was actually too small to run. Same on Sunday. And then Monday they eventually ran in, you know, knee high surf. They uh, fully geared. I'm trying to look. look I'm trying to look. She didn't post these pants on Instagram, so. I don't, I think it was a, yeah, I don't know where. Somebody sent it to me in a story and they are just suffice it to say they are an incredible pair of pants. Okay. Well, I'll look. Uh, Yeah. Everybody, everybody can go who's listening to this program right now can go enjoy the search for Jesse Miley Dyer's pants. Uh, The traveling society. What is that? The traveling pants? Sisterhood. Sisterhood. (laughs) Yeah. Sisterhood traveling pants. But anyway, uh, I heard they called on actually that day that was too small to run, but they fully called it on, right? Oh, really? I think they called it on and then had to pull the plug and say, so they got everybody there, production. I mean, who knows what the production is for the longboarding event, but they got people there and then had to say, well, oh, it's too small. Go. You're home. right. I actually had heard, I heard that Sunday, Saturday morning that either she called it on or she was about to call it on and the actual surfers themselves, like five of them came in mass to Jesse and were like, you've got to be kidding Please me. Don't. Like, I don't care yeah. what your, you know, missive is from the people holding the purse strings. We cannot run out here. This is the final event of our championship or of our, yeah. of our tour, you know, the, for the championship. So anyways, that's a mess. Um, we'll get into the, the head judge shift in a minute, but I want to get, to a couple of things that uh, we need to follow up on from last week. Right. Let me attempt to share my screen with you. Um, one, Kevin Miller, our good friend from the Florida Surf Film Festival. We were discussing Kook and Curran reef booties. reef booties. And so Kevin, you told Kevin, they were in Maldives. His buddy, John's got to be a Curran. Kevin, are you wearing reef booties? Are you self-identifying? And here's what Kevin had to say. Hey guys, Kevin Miller here. I got your message on the, you know, the podcast or whatever to call in. And uh, you're obviously correct. John Brooks is a Kern. I am definitely not a Kern. And uh, I do not wear reef booties while surfing reef. And, uh, but I will say, this is, this is the catch. In case I injure a foot, I pack reef booties with me in case I need to break them out to keep surfing. So only in the case of injury of a foot, uh, I have the, the, the gosh, gosh darn reef booties are. So they're so light um, brand reef booties. They're phenomenal, by the way. If anybody needs them for a diving trip or uh, whatever, uh, check them out. So light reef booties, as well as regular so light booties, eight mil, three mil, just whatever you need. Uh, Jamie Meiselman over there and Tyler Callaway have you covered at Solite Reef Booties if you are not a Kern and you choose to wear them at a Reef Pass, which I do not. Thank you. Bye. We are going to give that one to you guys for free. I feel like Solite has earned it. I've heard enough rave reviews about Solite. They're not paying us, but people love those booties. I've never worn them, but uh, we're going to give that one to them for free because Kevin loves them. I mean, I really love how Kevin turned that perfectly. Like, Kevin, you're hired. Is that so- is the kind of job interview stuff. <laughs> work a 
working as advertisement seamlessly into your call. is a solite a sponsor of the florida surf film festival they must be i i hope so i hope they, they are must be. They, they should be now but uh back back to kevin's call though thank you for calling in kevin and way to be self-aware way to so fully know where you are in the surf pantheon that you pack them but you don't dare wear them that's a dad of five kids, dude. That level of planning yeah. for like the inevitable, you yeah. know, like, oh, I, I might get an owie on my foot. I better pack my reef yep. booties just in case. I mean, imagine packing for a trip, any trip. Are you ever thinking of things that you might need? No, I, no. I'm never, I'm only ever throwing things out that I probably will definitely need and uh, not enough room for you. I, I like, try to travel light no matter where I'm going. Yeah. And so, yes, it, I mean, if it's a surf trip specifically, it's like, can I get away with one pair of trunks? Very yeah. likely. And then I'll pack everything. And then maybe if I have room left over, I'll throw a second pair in sunblock wax one leash. And that's, and you know, fins and a board. I'm so addicted to packing light that I regularly screw myself just because I was not about to pack anything extra. Yeah. Well, um, Kevin, officially an intermediate. There's so yep. much of that call lands squarely in the intermediate peg that it is official. But but again, yeah, also identifies the wearing of reef booties, so light reef booties as a Curran move. And if you're not a Curran, then just know that you're a Curran. Right. It's okay. Right. And to be honest, had his uh, foot been injured and had he been wearing a reef booty, he would probably be moved down in in the surfability level to be officially a kook at that point. So you never do know though. What if he puts those reef booties on and he's out burning John Brooks? He's pulling into double barrels behind John Brooks and pushing him off the wave. That would be the only stalling through getting spit that out. That would be the only other option because he would no longer be an intermediate. Yeah, no, you're one of the other. So um, I got another email that's worth reading. I feel an obligation to read it just to make amends because um, I've probably steered so many people down the wrong path. I've been mispronouncing Waimea my entire life and here on the podcast probably thousands of times. Why? It's not Waimea. It's not Waimea. It's Waimea. Waimea. So yeah. I was adding an Why extra Maya? A, or I'm sorry, an extra Why I. Maya, yeah, I was adding an I and an extra syllable and saying Waya Maya. It's just Why Maya. Why Maya? Yeah. Why Maya? Say it again for the people in the back. This is my official retraction. I apologize. Probably led tons of people astray who are now calling it Why Maya as a result of this howley. So let the record state Why Maya. I wonder if you're going to, if somebody will make a David Scales remix of all the times you said, why am I? Well, I mean, why am I? Sorry. Why am I? Why am I? It seems like a job for DJ Seaweed. DJ Seaweed's going to waste the, ne the next week of his <laughs> life going through the archives. <laughs> don't do it, DJ. First of all, I don't want to get made fun of that hard. And secondly, don't waste your time. Um, but Chopu is still a bridge too far. So I'm, I'll give you why am yep. I can do why am I will not start saying Teahopo. Teahopo. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other listener feedback came from James, our statistician, who tried to convince us that 700,000, there were 700,000 uh, professional surfers. 
listen to this guy just fall straight on his sword. He says, DLS, I'm in Europe, uh, Europe right now, on a trip in Europe right now. Sorry for the not responding sooner. Tuning into the grit these last two episodes and heard you and Chaz puzzled by my expert analysis and synthesis of the professional surfer metric stat. Admittedly, I did what any seasoned financial analyst would do and pull the stat, the first stat from my Google search that supported my point. <laughs> um, and I didn't have the time to do proper due diligence. I apologize. This lack of effort on my part has caused the grit faithful 15 minutes of their lives as DLS and Chaz pick apart the flawed stat. I was thinking half of that could be in the ballpark of any kid who has ever gotten a sticker from a shop around the whole world. 10 kids in my grade alone from my hometown got, quote, sponsored at age 12 via the sticker slap from the fledgling local brand. None of these kids even placed at the NSSA comp, and those kids are either real estate agents or in jail now, but I digress. But yes, even half that number is an outrageous number. I think the 15,000 kids that David landed on is reasonable. Um, they have somewhere between stickers on their boards or uh, stickers on their boards in between Hawaii, Europe, and Australia. But I would applaud anyone to go out and perform a research study on how many pro surfers there are in the world as that work is truly God's work and would give professional surfing the reality check that it so desperately needs. Keep up the work, James. Thank you so much, James. But I'm still feeling that all the sticker slapping, the people who self-identify as professional is high. Like it doesn't, they're not legitimately professional, Yeah, but they feel like they are. I'm a professional surfer. Did she just swallow a burp? <laughs> <laughs> that, was my, that was my, I'm a professional surfer voice. Um, I just love that people come into the con or into our listeners chime in and they sound so professional at first glance just oh. just like we're sold we're like man financial analyst analyst statistician or sometimes they're a doctor or a lawyer what it really comes down to they just go with the first google result it's totally true though but it's and i buy it every time without i look at you're smarter than me can already tell I buy it i'm in it comes down to what we started out with is just bs with confidence that's yeah, half the exactly it's all action, no lulls. I think it was Steven Tyler, maybe, who said, like, fake it till you make it. I mean, it might yeah. have been Mick Jagger, but I think it was Steven Tyler. I get them confused sometimes. I shouldn't say that on, on air. Different Ooh, eras. Mick Jags <laughs> and, and Steven Tyler from Aerosmith? You get confused? I mean, they both have big mouths. Yeah, I think when I was growing up, I got them confused. Now I don't, but I did for a period yeah. of time. But yeah. anyways, one of them was like, didn't have talent, but just saw, like, if I you know, act like a rock star, essentially, I will become, I will be a rock and they star. did, which, yeah. whichever one it was. Um, <clears throat> moving on a couple of big stories this week. I'm not sure which to lead with, but, um, did you write the article about quote, serving legend, Shane Dorian gray travels to Mexico in search of mythical fountain of youth. I sure did. Okay. Um, yeah, that was me. I saw the Instagram post, but what's behind the story? Uh, Shane Dorian Gray, which is perfect. Have you ever read the portrait of Dorian Gray? No. Uh, it's an Oscar Wilde book. Portrait of Dorian Gray is the name. Uh, basically about a real vain guy who uh, 
wants to like stay live a hedonistic life but not have it catch up with him stay young and youthful looking perfect and so there's a portrait uh, and the portrait ages and takes the marks of the life poorly lived while the or life hedonistically lived while Dorian Gray and I can't remember how it ends but anyway is it one of the fact that his name one is, of the 50 shades of gray novels nope I wish oh, okay. Oscar Wilde Oscar Wilde could have done I better thought, I but, thought it was uh, a precursor should have been should have been but maybe that's what Shane Dorian Gray is doing down in Mexico but no Shane Dorian everybody knows Shane Dorian big wave surfer friend of Kelly Slater a father of Jackson he's got it all going I think he's an actor he is a model or has been pig hunter he's all kinds successful of successful investor uh, real uh stock market investor like done no wrong and so Shane Dorian is going to Mexico to get stem cell therapy on nagging injuries is what he's doing so the fountain of youth um so it's not he's not sick or anything like that this is all kind of I guess not preventative nope. yeah. but not sick he's got apparently nagging shoulder injuries nagging knee injuries some other stuff uh and heard from buddies to go get stem stem cell uh therapy and, and he has to do it in mexico he's in tijuana specifically because uh because they can have like he listened to our a lot because he listened to our podcast last week and he wants to like, partake in the culinary exactly. scene exactly but i mean he he mentioned the culinary scene on his on one of his stories he was like Ooh, food here but yeah they, i guess they can use a lot more stem cells they can basically do illegal stuff in Mexico. I mean, things that are illegal in America. No, they're illegal there too. It's just nobody polices anything down there. <laughs> you can get away with it. Um, have you looked into stem cells? Are you are you uh, optimistic about Shane's results? I mean, who knows? Like, I guess I haven't done so much research on stem cells. His are coming from uh, umbilical cords that from pre-vaccinated or pre-covid he doesn't want any vaccines in his stem cells so it is pre-covid unvaxed umbilical cords is where shane dorian is getting his magic beans from so when i look at shane i would almost full stop model my life after him like yes hit you would not be you would not be criticized for doing such. he looks he's in better shape now by the way than he was when i first discovered him in my teens and he was at the height of his pro i mean i thought was the height of his pro serving career but he was on the ct then dominating the momentum film or all of taylor stills films um fully one of the best surfers in the world at that time he's in better shape now and maybe at the zenith of his career now, unexpectedly. So Andy just seems like, I mean, the fact that he seems like the best father ever. Jackson seems like the coolest kid ever. Um, so I would absolutely take cues from him. And that makes me want to look into stem cells further. It stem actually cells. makes me want to reach out to him for a podcast interview to learn about stem cells from him. He seems like he'd be happy to do okay. it. Uh, his, his uh instagram stories and whatnot where he said he's going on this journey you know to do this and so everybody there was such an outpouring of curiosity and questions and whatnot that he's really like engaging with it i haven't checked the last couple of days i guess but like really you know two camera explanation of what he's doing what it entails the whole process he'll be down there for a week day one was a lot of mris and scannings and 
getting his body vitamined up because I guess getting plo- getting your stem cells hurts apparently. Oh, really? What? What? I guess. I guess they throw such a high, heavy concentration of stem cells at your injury points that it that it's painful. Um, is there any known downside? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I'm no doctor. I've done absolutely no research. I know enough to know that stem cells are like rejuvenating, right? These are like the, these are like the building blocks of human life. Yeah. And so you throw them into something bad and they take that bad, whatever cells, the bad tissue, the old stuff and rejuvenate. Well, am I getting that right? Yeah, that sounds about right. I'm sure we're going to have stem cell experts (laughs) call in with their what they read on the first page of Google. Um, (laughs) I, so I'm all ears. I'm curious to learn more. One thing that fascinates me that I do know to be true is uh, it'd be kind of, this is unrefuted or irrefutable in science, which is all of your body cells regenerate over the course of seven years. So everything is regenerating in a different process. So, you know, millions of cells today, are brand new from yesterday. The old ones died out yesterday, new ones regenerated today, but they're all at a different phase, but that phase completes itself every seven years, essentially. So you are what you eat. You are what you think you are, what you put in your body, you know? And so if you start a process of making uh, good decisions for your health today, drinking drinkag1.com slash serve, for example, then over the course of seven years, you could have new eyeballs. You could have mm. new biceps. You could have new epidermis. You could have new lease on life, essentially. And that makes me optimistic. You know, like, man, it's never too late, essentially, to make good decisions. It just takes time for them to kind of kick in. All action, no lull. <laughs> exactly. If we tr- when it comes to making good decisions, if we tried to create an ironic slogan for the WSL, <laughs> we couldn't do better than they do for themselves. I mean, on any on any of it, if we tried to make a goofier CEO, if I tried to put Jesse Miley Dyer in funnier pants, the whole thing, like there's just, there's no, there's no topping the WSL. It's what's his name? Uh, who was it? Was it Bill? It wasn't Bill Maher. It was Conan O'Brien, I do believe, said that the worst thing Donald Trump did was kill comedy because you can't be funnier than Trump. Yeah. WSL killed sarcasm and irony because you can't be goofier than the WSL. I'd like to take some credit for killing comedy too, though, because to be honest, <laughs> we were too intense. Like we're too under the fine, the microscope with a fine tooth comb, teasing it apart week after week. It's lost its luster. Whereas Sterling Spencer just comes in every once in a while and takes a top, like he takes the funny pants the image of Elo wearing the sequin jacket, pink jacket, yep. and them running in a wave pool. And Sterling just mashes those three things together, and it's super impactful and funny. You and yep. I doing our 20th hour on the fine detail of it, no longer funny. You know what I mean? Not even not even smirk worthy. Yeah, exactly. So we need yeah. to get some distance from it, I think. Um, we'll come back hard. Well, I'll reach out to Shane. I would love to talk to Shane about much more than the stem cell thing, but I... I mean, that guy is on, he hasn't misstepped yet. If this happens to be a misstep, you know, I'll let him take the blame rather than me being interested in it, but he hasn't misstepped. I'm curious to see where this all goes. 
Yeah, and I don't think, I mean, again, stem cell expert, call in. But I don't think there's a downside. I don't know what the downside would be. Shane's lifelong sponsor, Billabong, recently just opted to not re-sign, or maybe Italo, the athlete, opted to not take their offer for the new contract. Italo is off Billabong. What say you? You know, it's just the end of an uh, the further end of an era. I think this slow drip away from Billabong, Quicksilver, Volcom, Rip Curl, meaning anything, right? It's all it's all meaningless now. And I didn't really care that he was on Billabong, and I don't care that he's off Billabong, and I don't really care what he's going to do or who's going to sponsor him. Um which feels to me just it's the end of an era where the surf brands mean anything. Right. And so I suppose the only way I could be re-engaged interest wise on like Italo sponsorship thing or whatever is if some completely kind of, I don't know if he like, if he went like real left of field and got like a baby brand was just like, I'm going to push this thing. Right. I don't care about the big paycheck, but I'm going to re do my part to help rebuild like interesting, you know, clothing brands and stuff like that. Like then I'd say, okay, that's cool. I see you. Edlo. I would, but otherwise if you, you know, who's going to, who's he going to get on nothing, right? He's just going to be on Red Bull on the nose. He'll have what? Edlo, I can't, do you think Edlo moves product? Yeah, I do. I think, I think Idolo would move leashes and fins. I think people want to surf like Idolo. Do you think people want to look like Idolo? Yeah, that's where I think they do want to. I, I don't think people want to surf like him so much. I think that he moves product <laughs> in a different way than we're accustomed to. Like you used to buy Billabong because of Shane Dorian. I think that Idolo moves product in the way that a social influencer mo- moves product. That's really what he is more than he is a surfer. And so... um tagging them in posts with his glistening abs wearing Karyuma shoes sells Karyuma product to the person who just taps through and purchases on their phone, you know, and not because he's surfing, but more because he has glistening abs. So I think the model has just changed. Um, but is, is there, is there anything interesting to you in Idolo being dropped and or leaving below? Well, no, I, I relate to what you said, which is I didn't care that he rode for them and I don't care that he rides for them or that he doesn't now. What I see as, um, I don't know, the most impactful relationships are when the surfers have an interest in the company. So John, John with Florence, there's such a tied together partnership there. And you see um, John's trajectory is directly related to the products and the company's trajectory. And even something smaller than that, like I saw Connor Coffin has been um, promoting James brand, which is this knife brand you know and the the way that he promotes it you can tell isn't just an ad you know it's not he uses the product he likes he likes the knife he's and maybe it. he didn't even use knives before but now he's incorporating them into his life and it just feels like more sincere and more authentic and i'm more curious about the brand because i know connor is curious about connor's invested in the brand and yeah partially financially but also He's into this thing now. He's sincerely into this thing now. And so I'm a little bit more peaked. Do you feel the same way about 
a particular turtle moon sandal. <laughs> I like turtles. <laughs> no, but I did get a listener said I saw Kelly in Montecito at lunch with his entire crew. And for the record, he is wearing turtle moon sandals. He Kelly Slater likes turtle moon sandals. I like turtles. <laughs> I mean, Kelly Slater didn't just make a, I think that really is a, the, the, truest peek into the mind of kelly slater that we have is the turtle moon sandal that was his like that was his idea that's what he wanted to wear that's what he is wearing that is kelly slater wow. it's yeah. just so cheesy. Turtle moons. it's so cheesy yeah. that it might reveal that kelly's way cheesier than we all anticipated i mean i think he is though i think kelly's pretty simple the fact that kelly's like wearing flip-flops around as a 50 two-year-old or whatever he is now yeah. like i get it i get it i was at the boardroom show you know, flip flop is the uh, the uniform of the surf. Um, All fine and good, but come on, Kelly, you made ugly ones. Um, how was your time at the boardroom show? Quick, I loved yeah. it. I loved it. It yeah, totally lived, exceeded already lofty expectations. Yeah, it was. It truly is such a great gathering of good people. It's like. Yeah, Jamie Brissick, I got to hang out with, like talking to Mike May. I mean, there's just so many like people that I'll interact with either on text or Instagram or whatever. Um, but I'll see them actually at the boardroom. And it's that's fun. It's uh I saw you said hi, we split, and then I saw you and said bye, and we split again. That's all that we saw of one another. And I didn't even see, I did see Mike May, nice chat with him. I didn't see Brissick. I don't yeah. I don't think I even saw Ben Gravy. I thought you were gonna write an article about Ben Gravy, by the way. I did. I, I said he's he's trying to kill off his like Ben Gravy takes a dark turn and tries to murder and maim his most ardent fans oh. by starting to produce hard topped surfboards. I blast on surfboards. I looked for the article. I did yeah. not see it. I'll have to go back and find yeah. it. Yeah. Ben Ben Gravy takes a dark turn. Okay. Good. I like it. It's a good take. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. I didn't see a ton of people who I know were there, you know, and it was just that busy and that many interactions that, um, yeah, I'm, it's too much to even take in. It needs to be a week long show, actually. Did you, did you leave both nights or both days exhausted? Funnily, I have always, like, it's exhausting to talk to people. Strangely, I came out of this one feeling kind of energized. Yeah, boo. Yeah. I mean, that's I I feel like I do too, usually or oftentimes I'll go and not that I don't like talking to people, but it is just going from like talk, 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 talk is even though we sit here and jibber jabber on the podcast, like just nonstop talking is tiring. Is. Uh yeah, but I didn't I mean, I just felt like oh, I just went and caught up with wonderful old friends and made some new ones and off we go. I Shay Soma came up and introduced himself, which was is that his name? Shay Soma, yep. yeah. The Shaper. Shay Soma, I think, won an award. He did, did yeah. He they did the best in show where everybody contributes. Board builders can choose to contribute a certain type of surfboard. This year, it was the Bonzer was the design. So you can build a Bonzer and put it in the show and then potentially win. I think they win a cash prize. Um, but, you know, to get a booth, you have to pay to exhibit in the booth. This, it's just no no charge. Just bring a Bonzer and put it in the show. And the Campbell brothers themselves, Duncan and Malcolm, were there and they walked around and judged all the bonzers and they picked one winner. And Shays was the winner among 
literal world-class board builder. Shea's a backyard dude, San Luis Obispo, his board won. I love it. Yeah. That is a story right yeah, there. Yeah, it really is. And it was a beautiful board too. Imagine they should make like a honest to goodness, like $500 million Hollywood move, blockbuster movie about that story right there. About the back, backyard shaper, shaping a bonzer, winning. Who would play Shea Soma? Uh, Shea Soma would be played by Ramsey Malik. Ra- uh, Rami. Rami? 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 Sorry. Rami yeah. Malik? I could see that. Gross hair. Yeah, gross hair, a little shaggy. I could see it. Uh, I yeah. like it. Um, yeah. Speaking of surfboards, Hayden Shapes Factory burns down in Mona Vale. Ooh, what? Awful. Do you have any story here or any insights into what happened or why it happened? Any of that? I do not. Do you? I don't at all. And I don't think that there's any... Um, the investigation probably isn't even finished at this point. It's less than a week old, but my first thought, well, insurance. Yeah. This is no reflection of Hayden himself, but when you hear something like this, I'm like, who's scamming their insurance. Or then second thought was there's so on the core industry uh, has a lot of negative things to say about Hayden and the way that he's grown his business. And so then I think there's some nefarious element potentially at play here. Um, or it could be nothing to do with either. I have no insight into either. I'm not suggesting that. It could be that this is obviously a uh, volatile environment. You're using toxic chemicals and stuff that is flammable. And so lots can go wrong. And it actually does in surfboard factories fairly regularly. So, um, but tragedy, I mean, no tragedy in terms of there's no loss of life, thankfully, and there was no injuries. He had one employee who was on site and actually deployed the correct emergency techniques to try to stem the fire. And I guess the local crew, local fire crew there got to it and handled it really quickly so that no other adjacent businesses were actually damaged. So, but it's, it's a total loss for the Hayden factory. Yeah. It seems like total loss for Hayden, which is total tragedy. So uh, condolences to that crew, but I would presume Hayden's a super savvy business guy and I would presume he was insuranced up. And so hopefully he'll be able to bounce back from that tragedy. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Here's hoping that it'll be all action and no lulls and Hayden Cox's near future. Keep using it. I like how good you are at organically <laughs> incorporating that. Um, well, back to Idolo real quick before we finish that. Um, any ideas where he'll land? Or can you imagine? I mean, what my thought is, Billabong probably offered him a contract or to renew the contract. It probably Idolo thinks that he's worth a certain amount. And I would presume that they're not willing to pay him that amount at this point. And so who can pony up to pay Idolo what he feels he's deserving of? I mean, I, I don't like, where does he, he can't you, so you, he's not going to go to any of the uh, authentic brands group brands, mm-hmm. right. Who own basically everything. Um, which leaves of the majors rip curl. Does Idolo seem like a rip curl surfer? I guess sort of, I don't think they need him. They already have Gabe and yeah, they're not, they already have their, yeah, their Brazilian champion. And so then where, I mean, where, where can he land? I, I would imagine or would think he would do real well with like a Brazilian brand, but I don't know any Brazilian, I mean, reef, but so my, yeah, my thought and prediction just kind of in the course of having this conversation is that he will go influencer model. I think he 
he's outgrown the surf brands. They can't afford to justify that line item. And um, it'll start doing partnerships that are just per post. But you rarely see partnerships of that kind for clothing, right? Usually it'll be supplements or whatever. And since he's on Red Bull, I would think that all of that is limited for him, right? That he'll he'll be able to do a... I don't know, whatever around skirt around that, but you rarely do you see influencers with a like clothing campaign or a trunks campaign. Yeah. I don't think that he needs to do a clothing campaign. I think he buys Balenciaga from this point or whatever it is that he wants to wear, but he's funding it by doing on love to his, doing his, I mean, he seems like he's a fairly rabid, like content creator in terms of Instagram and all that. Yeah. I think that's the direction from this point on. Curious to see. I mean, you could do if Idolo started a brand, would you be intrigued? What type of a brand? Like a clothing, no. like Idolo trunks and tank tops. No, I mean, if he had some, no. some um, ab ab glistening oil, maybe I'd be yeah. interested in that. You would be. Would you be stoked on that? I'd be stoked to lather my keg with that. <laughs> like, how does that thing work on the full keg? Does it glisten it equally well? How's how's it go with body hair? Because I have a lot more than Nita Lotus. The but the yeah again though, and I will restate the. And back to James's, I guess, analysis: Are pro surfers less interesting now than they were, or have we grown up and got jaded? Both. I'm wait because they do seem le- like the world surf legification of it. Them as athletes. I am not interested in Idolo like I was interested in Chris Ward. And I wasn't interested in Chris Ward because I was standing behind punching women with icicles in the face. Uh, I like Chris Ward was. I'm not laughing at that. (laughs) Chris Ward was volatile. Nobody else is volatile. Like they're all, you know what you're going to get from every one of them. I know what I'm going to get from Idolo. Idolo might get mad at the judges every once in a while. He might get mad at the new judge, Luli. But that's that's going to be the extent of how Idolo is going to interest me. Yeah, there's too much money involved and everybody wants to protect the money. You know, Chris Ward Nobody's, did not care about yeah. the money. Uh, and the money was new even for him. Like Matt, Matt Archibald cared even less and there was less money, yeah. you know, so... I think that's kind of part of a reflection of the issue, but that's where it goes great to if they just have individual paid partnerships per post. And that's what's great about a lot of the guys who are doing what they're doing on YouTube is they're not beholden to long-term brand partnerships and then that brand's public image. They're just doing their own thing. And the individual brands that uh, do sponsor them for a limited period of time, maybe it's just a post, want them to be themselves. That's the authenticity there. So, but even then it's like, while Nathan Florence is being authentically himself and writing his own ticket with his YouTube channel, as is Ben Gravy, they're not um, as volatile as you mentioned. You know, the volatility is all washed out at this point, which is a shame. It's all gone. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, can you think of a surfer who feels out of control? Like Mikey Wright tried to play out of control. But never, it always seemed like an act. Uh, and the fact that he leaned into the act makes you think, okay, he's truly not out of control at all. If he's like with his mullet doing donuts in a 
whatever Bogan car, then he's playing, he's cosplaying as Bogan. But who, what surfer on tour or not, do you feel like, ooh, you never know what you're going to get with that guy? He's going to. Well, the, like, the funny thing is, even off tour, because it's easy to it's yeah, easy no, to I'm justify. So, I'm saying yeah, it's easy to justify. But across the board, is there any is no. there any surfer that you can think, man, that guy, you're either going to get some of the most crazy surfing or, you know, something you're going to get a story no matter what. Look, uh, Jeremy Flores was the closest we had. Right. For a period of time, yeah. but he reined it in over the years. Uh, Wesley Dantes, I feel like Wiggly's brother got into a little, you know, scuffles here and there. I feel like maybe Zeke Lau had a certain amount of volatility, but that got tamped down. Uh, and it was never as wild. It wasn't drug fueled. You know what I mean? It was like a no. hot headed kind of temper situation. Yeah, it was, it was like it was like athletic based hot headed. Exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, what's interesting is I would understand the CT guys kind of getting whitewashed, but you would think that the non-CT professional surfers there would be some example that we can point to. I can't think of one. Like we don't have a Britney Spears. I mean, we don't even have a, we don't even have a Noah Dean circa F the WSL. Which was also tame. That wasn't even that. Which was, which was, we don't even have that anymore. Like that, if there was that today, that would seem like that would be by far the most radical dude out there. Noah Dean circa 2017 or whenever he said that. I was trying to think of somebody on social. I landed on Britney Spears, but I was trying to think of like who would the equivalent be outside of the surf world who's on social media kind of going rogue. Kanye, I think, is gone, right? Is he on social media still? Uh, he's back, I think. Is he? I think Kanye got let back into the room. Okay. Yeah. Donald Trump got banned, so he's not on anymore. But Britney yeah. Spears is like is there fully getting weird, fully gone rogue, off the rails, and it's almost tragic to watch you know like it, people make fun and it becomes a train wreck that you get to watch but it is almost it is tragic it's, it is tragic i mean i think i think it fully is i think like and and giggling or i think people feel or hopefully people today feel bad about the way they treated britney then uh, like me probably included of like obviously i didn't know britney spears but like watching her like shave her head and all that in the barbershop number just looking at oh that's crazy like and everybody just you know like people consuming that and the media feeding that up of a girl being crazy yeah. where she literally was going crazy and everybody was just standing and it was like a, a clown show for people which i think people were are aware of that more today with britney yeah. i don't think people are like applauding and i think it's like you know oh, i don't know what are you can do there but like even let's look at big sports. Like I feel that the NFL and baseball, baseball, let's talk about baseball. We got the playoffs right now, right? Uh, do you think baseball is more tame or less tame than surfing? Less tame. I mean, it's insanely less tame. It should be the exact surfing should be punk rock and cool and loose and free. Baseball yesterday, uh, the Philadelphia Philadelphia Phillies won, uh, beat the Atlanta Braves to move on to the I think National League Championship Series. Um, and their star player on live TV, they asked him like, "How do you like being in Philadelphia now?" Uh, and he said, "Yeah, I fuck with Philly." Uh, on live broadcast TV on a Major League Baseball network, 
uh, on the Major League Baseball Network. Like it was their thing. Tame. Da, 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 da. I fuck with Philly is what he said. They didn't believe it. Nothing. Uh, and yeah, that guy, if he was in surfing, would be so radical. The WSL would honestly have to lock him up in a cement room. That's baseball. That's amazing. I mean, it's insane. It's a great example. It's insane that 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 surfing has slipped this far in terms of any edge, any volatility, anything at all. And to your like you have the WSLers, yes, but then look at Ben Gravy, Nathan Florence. These guys are basically nerds, right? I mean, they they legit are nerds. Like Nathan Florence is real cool and he does cool stuff, but he's a full-on nerd when you hear him talk. Ben Gravy is very clearly a nerd. Jamie O'Brien is nerdy. Like our YouTube stars then are nerds. So we have nerds and then whitewashed athletes. So I just thought of the example, Jacob Zeeclay from um, San Diego, who's been to jail and had some run-ins with law and stuff like that. He could have been an example of somebody who was volatile, but he's reined it all in and he's gone full Ben Gravy actually on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like positive and running around doing like funny stuntsy kind of stuff, right? Full like jackass style. And, um, and even apologetic about past grievances. And like, I saw somebody sent me, or maybe you guys beach grip posted or something. There was a video of him getting in a fight recently, three months ago or something. I was like, Oh, okay. I want to see how this fight pans out because I know the kid, you know, has been in jail for (laughs) violence in the past. Um, so I want to see how this pans out for whoever tried to pick a fight with him thinking that, you know, he wouldn't fight back or whatever. And he was apologetic in the video. He was con- he was yeah. contrite about the interaction that he had gotten into with people who were wrong. He, there was a couple of kooks burning him and his buddies in the lineup, and he was contrite about it. So even he has abandoned the uh, volatile thing, which is probably a healthier move personally. I'm not sure, shaming great. him. And that so the other thing is like talking about Britney Spears, that's mental illness. Okay, what she's yeah. experiencing, and it might have been perpetuated by ultra fame and worship of her and all that sort of stuff. So maybe it wasn't inbred. Maybe the mental illness wasn't part of her DNA, but certainly I think that's wasn't what she's inbred. dealing with. Sorry. I didn't mean that. Where is she from? Bread. Okay. Anyways, um, the, what we're dealing with, with volatility and surfing, I think often isn't mental illness. Maybe it was childhood trauma or something. And some of the examples that you gave and, and then exasperated repeated by amplified money and fame and alcohol and drugs right yeah exactly and so yes chris ward as the example whatever childhood thing he experienced that kind of predisposed him to spending all of his time surfing by the age of 14 you know without having to go to school or having parental guidance or whatever and then kind of getting subs getting into substance and that kind of amplifying it but what Britney doesn't have that Chris did have does is immense talent. Like there's this insane talent that you then put this rocket ship underneath of that volatility. And that's what you and I were tapping into as we were discovering surfing and becoming fans of these people. And so I don't know that you could actually remove those two things. Like would Andy Irons have three world titles if it weren't for the volatility and, yeah, and, no. and not only the titles, but the style of surfing that they were doing was so explosive that if you were raised in a more kind of conservative household with a conservative structure of your day, I think that you would surf more conservatively and then it would be 
no offense, but Damian Hardman 3.0 or whatever it was, you know, like it wouldn't have pushed the boundaries of surfing and progress and expression and all that sort of thing. And so overall, that's what you and I are talking about. We're not celebrating the volatility or the childhood trauma or whatever those people experienced. We're celebrating what that does for the sport. And, and like, yeah, again, totally not like saying, oh, I want people to go out and get, you know, wasted and have major drug problems and all this. But there's just it feels that the characters we have in surfing are a lot less complex than they used to be. And by a lot less complex, I mean, not complex at all. Yeah. Every one of them is more or less a well-trained athlete who is a you know family person who is you know upper middle class who is you know on down the line like it's just a one vanilla flavor where yeah like and i mean we've already talked about it but not just because of the world surf league like on anywhere yeah. in any kind of channel anywhere you're going to consume surf it's more or less the same flavor dane reynolds was a great character but still didn't have the volatility he had the rawness to yeah. his surfing but didn't have yep. the volatility he was a very kind of mild-mannered character so we need more um what time do you have to get out of here by the way because i got a lot of show a lot a lot of show a lot of show that we could go three hours if if we yeah yeah uh i got another like uh uh 30 so you gotta be out of here at noon okay yeah. uh we're gonna skip deep dive into the head judge let's just reference and acknowledge the fact that pratamo arendt has been let go or stepped down from the WSL and he's being replaced by Luli Pereira or you can give us the uh, Portuguese pronunciation if you know it I'll I'll stand back for okay. this but but the only interesting part of this story I think is that after lest we forget it was just last year that Gabriel Medina or not even last year a few months ago Gabriel Medina Idola Ferreira and uh Felipe Polito all Brazilian all former champions and or current champion uh, did their like blast of the judging, right? Which led Elo to do his open letter where he excoriated them. Elo has gone uh, now, but oh, now we have a new Brazilian judge. So I wonder if the pressure from that crew and not that they, you know, I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Yeah. What's interesting is that they're all Brazilian and this new judge is Brazilian. So it'd be one yeah. thing if they all vocalize, you know, they're discontent and then the judge gets replaced. But the fact that it feels like the WSL is directly pandering to them. Yeah. It, Which is, is, I don't know, notable. It, it, it like, it definitely has a, a blush of that, yeah. which, and I know the world surfing would not directly uh, try to counter that, but it's interesting to me that there was no, like even mention of, just the press release was so generic, so generic about his time and da, 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 da. but yeah that's all that's the only interesting part about that i think yeah and the other so he, he's been on the judging panel luli has and so he's just kind of stepping into the head judge position but yeah i don't know the thing is the judges are so shrouded in secrecy like i don't know anything about him or how he has scored past events or i guess somebody did say that he was the highest scoring judge on that final exchange between uh, was it Griffin Colapinto and Italo Ferreira at surf yep. ranch in the final, like he scored Italo the highest out of anybody. So um, that was, you know, 
but I don't, but again, I don't know how he views surfing or any of it. So it's hard to provide any insights. I mean, the fact there's a head judge is dumb to begin with. Why do you need a head judge? You just have all your judges lock in their score. Why does it, why do you have to have a whip going around there telling them, you know, what to do? It, it, it seems like unnecessary. Uh, Oversight. In yeah. something that's supposed to be individual and that that's the whole point of having five judges is that we have yeah. five different opinions and then we'll land in an average. We, so th- And we throw out the high and the low and then you have your But average. then to have checks and balances that come in and be like, oh, by the way, this is the way we're doing it is is very yeah. weird. Um, I'm going to share attempt to share my screen with you again and uh, play a listener line call. So this is... Uh, listener needs tools to live by, which is presented by Vayer. Vayerwatches.com provides us the only tool that we need to get through our daily life. If we're stripped from all technology and electronics, we would still be able to navigate the day with our Vayer. I would know what time to go to bed and what time to wake up. And what time your heat is over and what time yep. to pick up the kid. Um, so each Vayer comes with two wa- uh, wristbands, by the way. One that's standard and then one that you get to pick in addition to. I finally swapped mine out for the uh, rubber strap. Yep. The rubber strap is the finest rubber I've ever worn in my life. Uh, I will also also say about that, uh, which we have not spoken about on the show, is oftentimes it is a real pain to swap uh, watch bands. You have to get that tool and you got to like pry out that little whatever the pin in there. And it's a real pain. These ones come where they have a little thing on the back where you just slide it down and like quick release. I mean, yeah, quick release. It's hard to describe, but it's makes changing your watch band. No problem. Yeah, It's durable. Like you can't, it won't fall off, but at the same time, super simple to change in one second, your thumbnail, just slide it out. Um, Yeah. So I'm a huge fan, obviously very durable. That's the other thing. These watches are so durable i bang mine around smack it into chairs and i'm like oh no i'm gonna look down and see that things cracked looks brand nope. new no scratches no nothing okay. so veyer is spelled v-a-e-r veyerwatches.com waterproof of course waterproof guaranteed assembled in the usa which is kind of incredible and uh, we'll save you 15 percent with promo code splendor 15 so go check that out. And um, given that they are the ultimate tool for us, we get listeners writing in, calling in, and asking us for advice. So here you go, Chaz. Hey, this is Jeremy. I'm calling for the Beach Grit. And this might be a segment for tools to live by, but um, I don't know. It's a tricky one. Just need some advice. So um, I'm in my 40s. I live in Santa Cruz and I'm a lifelong intermediate surfer. And uh, recently, got diagnosed with a DVT, that's a deep vein thrombosis, which is basically a blood clot in my leg. And it's due to a um, blood clotting disorder in my family. And we'll have to be on blood thinners for at least three months, if not longer. Now, doctors are advising that I don't surf or stay away from high impact sports, potentially like, for example, um, um, mountain biking, maybe snowboarding, whatever. But um, surfing's a little tricky because um, they're not so concerned with external um, leads, but just potential for intracerebral hemorrhaging or um, some kind of internal bleeding due to the blood thinners, which could happen. Um, So my quandary is I can probably surf if I wear a helmet. 
for the next three months. And I would have to pal out to my local spot and say hi to all my buddies and wear a helmet. And, you know, it's it's a tricky one because obvious reasons. So, guys, let me know. What should I do? Keep up the work. Can you believe people are still asking us for medical advice? I mean, I just couldn't wait to give advice on what you do with uh, DVT. But unfortunately, that wasn't specifically asked. It was helmet. You thought it was going there, though. You thought it was deep vein. I was couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to open up my encyclopedic medical knowledge and just share exactly what he should do. But we'll save that. Uh, Re the helmet. That is a tough one. I don't want to minimize this at all. You'd think, just go put a helmet on. Who cares? Who cares what people think about you? You're mid-40s. This ain't high school anymore, et cetera, et cetera. But man, style changes like that are so much harder at this age. Of like That is a wholesale change. It is, but we've discussed the helmet in past shows. It has been normalized in things that you never would have anticipated being normalized in. Uh, the best example being snowboarding, skiing. But by far, by far in snowboarding, you don't see rarely do you see anyone without helmet on mountain now. So put your helmet on, paddle out. The thing is, you're gonna have to. Here's I'm gonna give advice here about how to go about this. Put get your helmet. I recommend maybe one of those ones with like the gladiator. Like who wears those? Sage Erickson. Maybe? I'm not sure, but yeah, that's a that's a badass helmet i talked to that dude who made that helmet he seemed like a fine guy but uh so get that one the gladiator one don't just put it on and go surfing straight away get used to it put that helmet on mow the lawn put that (laughs) helmet on wash the dishes put that helmet on and hang out for a minute maybe even ride your bike with that helmet on get used to it look at yourself in the mirror a lot because what's going to be awkward is you feeling awkward in that helmet. And so if you break through that awkwardness, like it's people who own what they're wearing, right? You could have a, this person who wears a goofy tuxedo, right? Who's really owning it, not owning it because he's goofy, just like, boom, this is my style. I'm here. You know, da, 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 da. Nobody thinks, oh, look at that funny, ironic guy. The guy who's did it because he wanted to be, or any kind of self-awareness of anything you're wearing will just reeks to the outside, right? And so you wear that helmet confidently. Nobody in the water will even perceive that you're in a helmet. You will be, because your confidence is what's going to carry. But if you're self-aware, if you're feeling awkward, looking up, touching it, scrap, pulling at it, all this kind of stuff, everybody's going to think, oh, (laughs) look at this guy in his helmet. Yeah, that's a classic truism here that comes up regularly. It's just own it. But, and I- I agree with you and I cannot in good conscience um, not recommend the helmet any longer. You know what I mean? Like it, think about when we were kids, nobody wore a helmet when they were riding a bicycle. Now I couldn't imagine sending my kid out without a helmet. Once he starts riding the bicycle, just because the risk is as minimal as it is, the consequence of the minimal risk is life altering. Well, and helmets are totally normalized for those kids. Nobody, no kid puts on a helmet and thinks, oh, here, uh oh, here's my nerdy helmet. Like nobody thinks anything. That's just what you do. You wear a helmet when you ride a bike. I just, I think that we can, through our work here, 
expedite that normalization process for the surf world. So here, from here forward, I am recommending helmet wearing uh, for deep vein thrombosis sufferers. Um, I I second the motion. Yeah, I mean, truly, like one of the scariest things I ever saw was a couple of years ago on Instagram, a uh, young upcoming quote professional surfer from the East Coast, I believe her name on Instagram anyways, I think is Becca Speak or something. Oh yeah, I remember yeah, this. Yeah, she surfed the Waco, I believe, wave pool. And yes. so again, quote, professional surfer, sponsored stickers, all that sort of stuff, and um, hit her head on the bottom of the pool and then was knocked unconscious and lost speech. So it was her a month later on Instagram talking about the journey to through recovery. And it was her with very stilted speech trying to formulate her or get her thought out of her mouth to explain what she was experiencing. And just seeing her struggling to speak was like a real eye opener of like, wow, yeah. this girl who's a super competent surfer, presumably surfing in a wave pool, which should just be fun, easy, no, no problem fell in probably a normal fashion, hit her head on the bottom. And just like that, everything shifts. And yep. so uh, I was like, man, and so riding a bike is even more perilous. I mean, or, you're, you know, there's only one thing that you can hit when you're on a bike and it's hard as opposed to, I could wipe out a hundred times and not hit anything hard in the water, but um, yeah, scary times. So wear a helmet is all I have to say. Helmets. Yeah. Helmet's cool. Helmet's cool. Wear a helmet and 100% of the time wear a watch. Veyer is the brand that you should wear. Um, and send your medical advice in and we will guide you into uh, health and wellness here on on the grid. Uh, fi Before we go to commercial break, I want to do one true grid or clickbait sh stuff. But this actually came from, this wasn't your article. This was Derek Riley's article, but I will let you discuss it. I think that it's worth discussing. Okay. Quote, surf feminist and trans rights in sports activist Lucy Small explains apparent support for Hamas after series of Instagram posts. Dive yeah. in. Uh, so Derek Riley had seen Lucy Small, where you'll remember Lucy Small here from she's the uh, Australian longboarder who fought for equal pay. Initially is how she burst onto our scene. Derek and I did a Dirty Water podcast with her at some point. But yeah, it's feminist. I think she's pro-trans too, if I recall. Uh, or inclusion, pro-inclusion. Um, and yeah, so she was came out initially with, you know, in the in the wake of the horrific events of, of the past week and was, yeah, like pro-Palestinian. So Derek was curious how are you or i'm sorry pro hamas is well, it wasn't pro hamas but see this is the thing so i'm gonna say clickbait because <laughs> derek has fallen into the classic a classic there's so much classic bad going on about the discussion around this conflict like saying anything anti-israel meaning you're automatically saying being anti-jewish is one dumb thing saying anything anti or pro-Palestinian and being pro-Hamas is the other thing. Like these are very different, you know, like Israel is different from its Jewish population, just like Hamas is different from its Palestinian population. So Derek conflating those things. And I thought Derek's 
discussion with her of like if you're pro you know pro inclusion pro trans pro feminist all this stuff how can you be pro hamas in terms of you know some fighting fighting for palestinians and whatnot and yeah i don't know I, I just didn't think that i didn't think that conversation was as interesting as it could have might have been well aside from the actual horrific human rights you know tragedy just lucy small herself she lost all credibility with me i hate to say because of that because of going being pro yes, because of in this because time. of those posts and because of her commenting back with people who are giving her grief in the comments section i was like lucy to be perfectly honest i haven't followed her closely enough to have like a real strong opinion in defense of her or you know in support supportive or, or against but i generally appreciated the things that she was saying and doing you know like i felt like her campaigns for equal pay and all that sort of stuff and equality in general I was like, sweet, we have an activist who, who is holding power to account and creating a conversation around these things. So I am pro Lucy Small, right? In general. Uh, until this post where I was like, holy cow, I guess you are trying to, you see that uh, Hamas is being attacked online because of what they did to Israel. And so I guess you're going to take the side of Hamas in their defense because they are getting piled on right now. But I think she was, I mean, I think to her credit, what she was trying to do is take the Palestinian argument, right? Of like, Hey, these people are oppressed and beaten down and kind of, what do you expect? What did you expect was going to happen? Sort of thing. There's no time for that right now. There was this in, you don't think so? No, dude. Like there's this huge human rights tragedy. And so imagine on September 12th of 2001, people start piping up and go, yeah, but, you know, Al-Qaeda, have you looked at, have you sympathized with Al-Qaeda? Have you considered the position that Al-Qaeda was in for why they would want to do? September 12th isn't the time to have that conversation. You know what I mean? Except you kind of, I mean, but look what we did. We went and we roasted the Middle East because of that. We went and rage roasted so many people that had nothing to do with Different it. Different conversation. Which is... But it's still like you got to bring it up at some point. Of like, not on day two, uh, not on not on week one. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I mean, when uh, when that many people die in such a barbaric and horrific fashion, you can only be reverent of that for a period. I of hear time. you. I hear you. I hear you for the next day or whatever for a period of like, time. Yeah, I mean, and, Lucy jumped the and, gun, and also it's not her place to say. Like you're so far outside of the people whose lives are directly affected by this. Let them hold the microphone right now. You're only adding to a cacophony of discourse that doesn't need to be happening right now. I totally sympathy hear you there. for as the you victims. As a, sympathy. You as an Australian longhorn, yes. you've never. Yeah, you're. This is not your. Are you just trying to build? Are area. you just trying to build your profile right now? Because there yeah. is only sympathy for the victims in this scenario, and then secondarily. People who are involved are the ones who should be speaking on this, and we will take yep. cues from them. You have no place in this, and you're really going to end up on the wrong side of history, actually, if you want to kind of look at it down the road. I was really, a, again, I don't care enough about her, invested in her enough to be like appalled by it. But this turned you straight off. I was off. just like, you lost for anything that I used to uh, 
agree with you on, you've lost credibility in retrospect. Now I have to go back and reassess my assessment of that <laughs> because you just undercut all of it because it's so wrong. Uh, I, I do hear you, but again, to her point, knowing Israel, I mean, I've spent time about Israel and Palestinian territories all around the Middle East, uh, knowing what Israel did previously. I mean, they literally penned people in and 2 million people in, controlled all their food, water, medicine, fuel, everything, kept them penned in a jail. And then the inmates got pissed enough to do something horrific. Like where I think that is looking at it in a vacuum of nobody deserves, clearly, no innocents deserve to die, right? Or whatever. Like this was a horrific, horrific massacre disgusting, gross, and not saying it's justified because none of this is ever justified, but there are reasons behind it, right? Where you stick people in jail and poke them with a stick, people get pissed. Yeah. Well, there's no justifying of what happened. There's no amount of, uh, you know, if this was a declaration of war, let's say, then this is what happens in war. You know, and so if you get aggrieved for far enough, then there is a declaration. But there, then it shouldn't happen in war. Like this, this is the problem on both sides. It shouldn't like, either. But this was a yeah. terrorist attack that is barbaric in a way that reverts us as humanity back thousands of years. You know, like no, people just see red. And again, I'm like not anti-Israel at all. And but but I think it is the whole situation is, and I don't want to fall back onto it's complex. You know. It is complex and there are multiple reasons, I think, that things have, the wheels have blown off. But even just today, there's a great story in the Atlantic about, man, Israel is straight falling into the Hamas, Hamas set a trap and Israel is going to walk right into it by invading on the ground. Well, as it relates to Lucy Small, um, one thing that I do take, I feel a certain amount of guilt about is me wholesale canceling her on a personal level. Like, oh man, now uh, she loses all credibility in my mind because of this one step or one, what I perceive as a misstep because people could probably, and probably do do that to us as well. It's like one action of something we say on this podcast or whatever, we lose all credibility for an individual listener and maybe they stop listening or whatever. And I should have a more nuanced um, approach and more kind of critical thinking in my assessment of her. But the reality is, you I don't. don't, and I don't know her, and this felt like it was so distasteful to my sensibility that I do want to just throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know? I mean, it's that's the thing, I think, in this day and age. It's a lot easier to do that than to try to have, like, to, to give people grace. I think that's why, because you can cancel anybody you're looking at, and there's a whole line of other people, right? We have, a, we have like, an infinite loop of... People coming up, you know, okay, Lucy Small, you're gone. I'm never, I'm going to block you and never think about you again. You know, there's going to be somebody to come up and, okay, now there's this other person. You know, the way we, I think, consume social media and all this stuff is you can. People now are disposable. You don't need them anymore. Yeah. Bye, Lucy. Yeah. I mean, it's totally true. Um, I didn't, I don't think I ever followed her in the first place, but thanks to Beach Grid, I was getting my updates. You can block her now. You can go, you can take the extra step of blocking yeah. her. All right. Well, let's go to commercial break. We will come back and uh, end on a moment of levity with Beryl or not. 
Hiring for a small business is critical. It's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. Everybody is already on LinkedIn with their resume and their references. So the fact that LinkedIn built a hiring platform to connect the dots between everything is simple genius. It's way more sophisticated than a job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set, desire, ambition, all in an effort to help us advance our position. And it's easy to use and intuitive. So effective that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Fast hiring solutions means achieving your goals in record time with rapid growth in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs will even help you write the job descriptions and give you tools and prompts to help you interview your candidate like a pro. LinkedIn.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. And you can let the world's largest social network of business professionals work to connect you with the ideal candidate to help you grow your business. That is LinkedIn.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Chas Smith, we're back for Barrel or Nah. Can't wait. Can't wait. We've got a great call. Something that has plagued my life often, but never, I've never even addressed it personally, never mind on the podcast, but even on a personal level, I've never really thought this through, even though I deal with it all the time. Uh, so here we go. Gentlemen, Barrel or Nah. I'm cooking dinner next um, night. And went and grabbed the salsa from a couple weeks ago, I think. Um, not entirely sure. 
but it was uh, used, um, popped the lid off, got mold under the lid, and within the top side or the top of uh, the inside uh, of the jar. Um, second time doing this recently where I just wiped it out uh, and went ahead, did the full send and used it. Um, yeah, just wondering if it's a barrel or not. Um, possibly using moldy salsa. The rest of it looks legit. I don't know. Going for it though. Um, also, pros in the wild. Uh, can we do a few of those next episode possibly? Um, yeah, uh, keep the work. Love you guys. See ya. Okay. A couple of things real quick that I'll jump off with. Abiding by an old barrel or not from four years ago by saying, I love you. Yeah. To a male friend. So good. So thank you. Thank you for that. Classic. Classic. It's okay. Say, I love you to your male friends. Uh, it must be a long time listener. Secondly, yes, more pros in the wild, please. We've gotten off of it, but we need them back. Call in, give us your pro in the wild story or write in. People are beautiful writers, uh, but call it in to the listener line, which is uh, 760-237-0150. Clog up the uh, voicemail with your stories that I have to parse through. Um, But then more importantly, moldy salsa wipe out the mold and use the fresh underneath yes or no barrel or not i am such a big 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 baby and i'll blame having amoebic dysentery in egypt slash jordan for being in the hospital for a week hooked up to ivs where any kind of food turning bad thing like i'll be like skittish which is not a good look for a dude a dude should be able to wipe that mold off it doesn't kill you who cares? A little, a little mold. God made dirt, dirt, don't hurt. Like all of it is barrel, I think. Not to be fussy, particularly for a man, not to be a fussy, finicky, like, ew, yucky. You know, all of that. I mean, I cannot do it. I live a no barrel life here, but it is barrel. It, which is barrel? Using it? Using the mold or not? Using it as barrel. Okay. I can't thank bring you, myself you, to you. be okay, in the barrel. Good, yeah. Good, good. I was tracking you up until that last sentence. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. And you will only fortify your system to be able to handle a wider range of expiration dates, to be perfectly honest. So there's so many things uh, in the condiment section. I mean, in my refrigerator, uh, sour cream, I'll do that too. Cheese, I'll just cut off that layer. I'll cut off mold off cheese, yeah. Yeah. And if, the, yeah. if there's a wet thing, I have real trouble. I feel like the whole thing is infected. Not true. What's exposed to oxygen is infected. When you scrape that layer off, you're fine. It's concealing everything else with freshness underneath. What about moldy bread? I would cut out a piece of like, just rip off the moldy piece and eat the rest of it. The problem is In how a loaf it all goes. That's what I feel. Well, the problem is with bread, it's porous. So the mold could be in the pore in the pores and you don't see it. Yeah. So that's where I would get a little bit shaky on that one. But if you can clearly see that it's like an exterior of crust that like it's no a sourdough loaf, let's say, and it's un, you know, cut. And then there's some mold on the outside. No problem. Rip Jump that off, in. cut into it. And it's perfectly fine inside. Right. The other thing is what's going to happen. Eat a little bit of mold. You're not going to die. A little tummy ache, maybe not even that probably, probably not I- even that. And by the way, even that tummy ache, fortified for tomorrow for stronger stomach. 
I see. I've got a real because I love one of my favorite cheeses, of course, is the blue cheese, which all it is is moldy cheese. Uh, I will eat mold when I'm told this is a delicacy, but when it appears, I'm such a pansy. I feel bad. There's certain environment environs that that mold is created under, though, that somehow prevent the bad bacteria. But mold, yep. I mean, penicillin came from mold, right? Yeah, of course. We we owe mold so much. So what if eating that moldy salsa gives our listener superhuman powers, fortifies the system maybe against COVID? I feel that's a good call. He should have, shouldn't have even thrown out the mold. He should have eaten the mold. Eaten the mold. Next time. You should feed the mold to your kids. You're selfish if you eat it yourself. The fact that you are not, listener, doing an experiment for us right now and sending in the results is actually, I feel like you're not a true loyal listener. Please come back with a better, more thorough, well done barrel or not. Empirical. Come back yeah. with an empirical research study. Get James to do the stats for you yep. and then call in next week. Give us the feedback. Did you get COVID or not? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, barrel and on number two comes from a conversation I had on air with Matt Warshaw recently. Sex on the beach. Barrel or not? Oh, uh, it is a, I'm going to go barrel. I'm going to say if you plan it, it's a nah. If it happens, if it just so happens, it's a barrel. That's what I'm going to say. If you have planned a romantic evening, which that's part of the plan, you're an idiot. Like there's no worse place. But if you are in the heat of the moment and you are not going to see it through because you're worried about sand, then you are dumb. So I'm going to say barrel spontaneous, no barrel planned. It's a darn good answer, dude. I mean, it's true, I think right? You're right. I think I have to agree with you. Yeah, because I yeah. was going no barrel uh, just because it's the least comfortable place to have sex. Of course. But you're right. If you have an it, amorous lover and they're going for it, what do you do? Decline? You're going to you're gonna like break the mood to go somewhere like that's less sandy or less whatever. Like honey, we're assuming. Honey, I need yeah. 2,000 thread count. Let's go exactly. inside. Exactly. So that's what, like, if it's happening on the beach, then it's let it happen on the beach, but don't plan for anything to happen on the beach. That's when you, if you bring a bottle of champagne and some roses and strawberries and sunsets and you brought an extra sheet, then you're a dum-dum. Although I do want to plan for success. So I like the idea of creating a circumstance that could eventuate in sex on the beach not planning for it, but just like, hey, we want romance. We want the moonlight. The beach is, you know, great you for know a million who, different reasons. And I like champagne. Let's see where this goes. You know who you are? You're Kevin Miller with packing a packing a <laughs> pair of reef booties, <laughs> just in case. Don't wear the reef booties though for the traction. Like, just go without. Um, have you ever had sex on the beach? Yes. Wow. Look at you. you? No, yeah. never. Oh wow. I'm, and. I feel like I'm missing out now. I want to, again, plan for that eventuality. Um, I've, I mean, I can't even imagine the scenario where I would be. Like, I, I was thinking, really? I guess we've stayed in houses on the beach at times. So maybe you could, you know, be out in front of the house and then it leads to that. But I've never, like, I can't remember ever doing a date on a beach. You don't, but you, yeah, I mean, you don't, you've never been on vacation on a, taking a long stroll. No. 
I mean, I was in Thailand once and we had to walk from the restaurant to the hotel and we walked <laughs> along the beach, but there was crabs everywhere. So we were trying to dodge that, you know, like I, again, I don't, I've never been in the scenario where that was even yeah. an option. Well, you expand your horizons, David Lee Scales. I like, I do like the idea of being in a long-term relationship and then doing something completely spontaneous, way out of the norm, way out of your normal comfort zone and your normal routine. All of that appeals to me for sure. Yeah. But again, the sand is um, the real variable. Now, question, do you think Matt Warshaw has ever had sex on a beach? For sure. <laughs> he has. Yeah, for sure. Matt Warshaw is, um, I think Matt Warshaw is one of those dudes where you think there's no way Matt Warshaw would do this. Then you think for sure he did. Cause I feel Matt Warshaw, there is such a complex person who's lived multiple lives where I feel there was a young Hessian Matt Warshaw. I think Matt Warshaw was always like his core self, but I think Matt Warshaw has gone through like different phases of his life. He wasn't always the Tweety academic. Matt Warshaw, his first surf experience was with Jay Adams. Exactly. I mean, that's who so he grew up. Let's start there. Yeah, and precisely. He, yeah, and spent time in Venice, like during, you know, when it was Venice. Um, and then I feel like also a secret Lothario. Yeah, for, I mean, for sure. And Matt Warshaw is, Matt Warshaw knows what he's doing. Him playing the Tweety Academic is such a good look on him now. But when he was like in Jay Adams years, he had like long hair and was like, I mean, he's gone, Matt Warshaw through the years has always dressed and looked as Zeitgeist, I feel, or yeah. Zeitgeisty, like exactly appropriate to what he should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Getting laid on the beach. Yep. Matt Warshaw. Good on you, Matt. Yep. Sounds like I'm the only one. The only loser in this group. Calvin, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you think Kevin Miller? Yeah, well, he has a condo on the beach, so <laughs> I think I think that's a regular part of. And he has five kids. One kid was born Sandy. Strangely yeah. enough, <laughs> came out with sand in his hair. Oh wait, I've got one more barrel or not. I was about to sign us off. Uh, barrel or not coming? Uh, actually, I'll go with a different one. This came from a listener. Going for a run with no shirt on. That's the only way I run. I wonder if this listener saw me. Wow. That is the only way I run. I cannot, I feel constricted when I have a shirt on. I can't do it. So from even the coldest of winter days to, of course, the hottest of summer days, I can only run shirtless. Crazy. And I don't, you... I don't know how anybody else can run with a shirt on. Insane, because you wear some really flowy shirts that I feel like would just be almost like being shirtless. I feel suffocated by a t-shirt. I feel like it is, it is constricting me in a way that I don't feel constricted ever in life. It is. I run and I only ever wear t-shirts and I feel constricted every time, but out of a certain decorum, I don't want to expose my bare chest to all the random people that I'm going to encounter out on the street. So I wear it. I feel constricted for their benefit. And I appreciate I, I need to get there myself, I suppose. I need to get to the place of suffocation and accepting it as as my duty, as that I, because yeah, nobody, I run through the park. I run on Saturday. Inevitably, there's soccer games and whatnot. I'm running through like crowds of soccer parents. Nobody wants to see me running naked, but I force it upon them. 
All right. It's not a good look. Well, we're but, yeah, barrel. Split right down the middle. I'm going no. Nah. Faster. Makes you run faster. Nah, barrel. That's true. More aerodynamic. I'm not really going yeah. for speed. I'm just going for a little cardio, you know? Good workout. Get the heartbeat, heartbeat going. Since I'm not having sex on the beach, I got to get the heart rate <laughs> up somehow. <laughs> the way I do it doesn't really get the heart rate up anyways. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, hey, it's been a great show. Surfsplendorpodcast.com. If you want to send us listener emails or uh, phone you know, messages, you can find all that information on there. Go to beachgrit.com if you want to hear all of the most important gossip in the surf world. Anything else to say? All I can think is all action, no lulls. We'll leave it to Hannah then. Bon voyage. And don't forget to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash surf. That's linkedin.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.